0: take ownership take responsibility like and stop giving giving that blame. because as soon as you give blame to something it's like you're like you feel like oh it's somebody else's problem but what happens that still becomes your problem because that those things still keep coming into your world and then to your consciousness welcome to another incredible episode of the big the insanely great search for happiness and joy and peace of mind and peace and peacefulness and freedom, all those good things that are constituted with happiness. My name's Joe. Riley, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great now that I know that I'm
1: always on camera in the picture-in-picture, which hasn't always been the case. That's been a made-in-post decision that I wasn't comfortable with the first few times, but now that I know that it's happening, I will be dancing and swerving and showing all my moves. Instead of just using a fidget spinner like I used to.
0: The things you do when you realize eyes are upon
1: you. <laughs> God, the Panopticon must have been such a party.
0: Oh, man. You know, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> so, another beautifully uh, humidifying day in South Florida here. And as Riley is enshrined with the violet and pink rays of lights that surround his aura. <laughs> <laughs> the healing. Oh my God! A giant swallowtail
1: butterfly.
0: It's in front of me, not behind me. So unfortunately, you'll have to take my word for it, based on my. Ex- God, he's back, man! <laughs> the whole crew's here. Yes, a whole truth and nothing but the truth, with genuine expressions of of observation. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, what are we talking about today, Riley? What are we diving into to continue our, you know, search that we're we're conveying to our community of of viewers and listeners this day?
1: Well, I think today we are gonna tackle some myths of mindfulness and just sort of there's a fun little article that went up earlier this month on Big Think. It's a nice fella uh, who's saying, you know, the, these are the pitfalls of mindfulness. and I think they're pretty easy to sort of do away with if you're actually dealing with the real term of it. But we'll leave that for a second because, I mean, it's going to be a quick one. You're just going to not going to be hard for us to sort of delve through those. But, Joe, what's your miracle of the week? Little miracle, miracle of the week.
0: Well, I, well I actually have a couple. Well, so one that happened a few weeks ago. Well, wait, let's get the
1: obvious one out of the way. Every single moment that, that, of every single day.
0: Oh, well, yeah. Well, that, well, that's something that we all aspire to do. And, you know, but I will say that this, there were some moments this week in which, which I had to, I I had to like catch myself and say, wow, you're really not living a miraculous like life these few days. Like, what are, what are you actually doing? And I, and I got, what happened was, is my attention was focused on something that kind of sucked me in, into its vortex upon which I, the anxiety and the nervousness kind of filtered back in and started taking over. And then I had, I was reflecting and I was like, what is wrong? Like, what's going on? And I, and I, and I literally had to like say, no, can't do this. You have no power. (laughs) Stop doing that and stop giving that attention. Stop allowing that to be something that was taking my happiness away and taking my, my freedom away. So that was one of the things that that I experienced this week that uh my wife helped remind me. She's like, you know, I'm gonna tell you what you tell me. <laughs> like, that's great. Thank you for that. Cause hearing it from the other side was an interesting dynamic that was really helpful. So that is in support of your weekly comment on that. But, you know, and and I think that's that's also to convey that, you know, like it's a it's a journey. Like every day is a different day. And, you know, the reality is is you know, I feel genuinely that that set of experiences was necessary for me to get to a certain level of understanding in which I'm building upon the, you know, I'll say power, building upon the power that I I feel so genuinely in my heart that I have achieved to not allow those things to take and steal my attention. But sometimes these things happen, even though you feel that you've made such good progress and it's like, well, what's going on? And then you realize that Everything that you've built is not gone it's just it, your your attention is actually what drove you back to that like it literally sucked you sucked me back in you know, and so I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to again like have that experience because the sooner you can come to a place in which you realize every experience is not unnecessary and every experience is necessary for some purpose in your life. And for you to use that experience instead of allowing that experience to use you, in which it was for me for a couple of days as I was trying. And I wouldn't say it was nonstop, but it was like hours within the day and, and, and even my own mood and mindset. It just wasn't, it wasn't where it was, where I, where I know it needs to be for me to even s- express the words. It's not who I am. I don't think I've said that for months, but that was a phrase that I used this week. That was, that was not, again, that's not who I am. And I know better than that. So that was good. But so, so that'll cover that. But going back to the miracle, I have a couple of miracles. So number one, <laughs> something that happened this week was my wife was in the room and she, she heard something hit, something hit. She's like, Joe, something hit the window. And I'm like, it's probably a bird, and so so I went outside and and tried to first of all find it because we have all these birds as you've seen throughout the episodes, and you know, but they've they've gotten really good. Like they they only hit the windows when something scares them, and it's usually like a light brush. This sounded like a direct hit, and so I went and I looked and I found this little warbler that which which they just migrated south down here for the for the winter recently and it's a it's a beautiful little like a very tiny small small bird and they go in you know and they 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 forage and but anyways this one I couldn't find anything I'm like all right I guess they flew away or something and then I looked and I found it in a brush and he was just sitting there and he was like stunned as I could see his heart you could see him breathing and he was like okay that's a good sign and he was standing up straight that was a good sign And then, but he had this berry, like a blueberry, like stuck in his mouth. It looked like it was stuck, not stuck out. I'm sure they fly with berries all the time and then they just digest it. But if I'm a bird and I got a berry in my mouth and I hit the window, my mouth is stuck open. I'd like it to be out so I can at least gain my faculties and get up and fly. And so, and so, so I I said, all right, let me, I assessed the situation. I went back inside, got a glove because I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to touch the bird. You know, they don't, you know, they don't like that kind of stuff. And so I, I I got tweezers and I, so I, I tried to grab the bird and then he flew like two feet. And so I'm like, okay, so he's, he's in a good spot to be able to, but let me still take this berry out. And so I was able to be able to, you know, hold him gently, he moved a little bit, but he allowed, I said, I said, listen, I'm here to help you. You know, I was very gentle. <laughs> and,
1: so, and did he, and so did, that, did that bird still have the Jersey accent? With, hey, I got a bird. I got a berry in my mouth. I'm not sure what I'm doing.
0: He might've, you know, I mean, <laughs> listen, once, all I know is uh, if that was the same bird that I heard this morning, this morning tweeting and sounded like it. <laughs> 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 but I grabbed him. I pulled the berry out, and then he slowly but surely his mouth was still open. And I'm like, okay, come on, you can do it, you know. And then he closed his mouth a little bit and opened, and then ultimately he he closed it, and I saw he was good. And then all of a sudden he flew away, and it was great. So it was a it was a beautiful moment, and so that was a that was a beautiful little little miracle. And then I got one more <laughs> one more miracle that helped Riley helped me recall at the end we were talking about something after recording last week and I'm like oh man that was actually a pretty interesting set of miracles so this is a combination of like multiple miracles over multiple elements of time that to me is a, is is almost like a an experience that conveys the fact that time doesn't exist except as a construct that humans have created and so what it is oh man was it raining it's raining. I'm gonna I'm gonna say we'll be okay. All right, anyway. So it was a set of miracles. <laughs> it was a set of miracles in which in which I feel like it was a combination of things that happen over such various elements of time within my own life, in which like it, it shows you how the universe slots things into a place for all to happen in one time. And so my grandmother passed on six months ago. My mother told me. I can't remember if it was a day after or a few days after she had a dream and my grandmother was in the dream. My, I said, I said so what happened? And so she said, she opened the door and then she came into the, like where she, where my mom was. And she said, hi, Kat, my, my, my mom said, hi, Catherine, that's her name. And, and she says, I'm not Catherine, I'm Isabella. And something like, she couldn't recall exactly what the name was, but she remember she still told me like Isabella, you know, And so I'm like, that's like interesting, but I just, I thought nothing. I was like, what a beautiful thing for her to come in the dream and, you know, to have like whatever that, and, and if, and if we all are one consciousness and we all are one kind of element of energy, then which it all kind of comes into one, then we all are, you know, I am everybody and everybody is me and vice versa. Right. And so fine, you know, that's cool. And so fast forward six months, I got a call from a friend of mine and her her beautiful daughter in which she tried to pronounce my last name. And she said, Isabella. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, that's funny. And, I said, <laughs> and then she, and then we corrected her. And then I didn't think anything of it. I forgot that that was something that I had heard before. And then I was in the car, I was going to pick her up. And then she said it again in that same way, like Isabella. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, that's what my grandmother said. And I and I was telling my friend about the story, about how it happened. And she says, oh, that's, you know, that's so nice. That's so nice. And I said, thank you, grandma, you know, for a beautiful little kind of nod of, you know, synchronicity that existed, right? And so I was two minutes away from picking her up. So I hang up the phone and then I allow a car in. I was driving and I allowed a car in to come in front of me. I was waiting at a light and everybody had me gone. And she, you know, I stopped so she can go ahead of me. License plate on the car said "THX GDMA." Thanks, Grandma. I'm like, what? Literally 30 seconds before I said that, that's what the that's what the license plate on the car said that I let in front of me. And then what was on the radio? I was listening to a station I never really listened to. It was it was a like a musical instrument, like watercolors on Sirius XM. It was like a, I just felt like listening to instruments, not really voices. What do you think the name of the song was? Pieces of a Dream. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my confluence of multiple experiences that led into one miraculous moment in which it was, you know, very beautiful and touching. And, you know, at the same time, a little hello, you know, from, from my grandmother. And so. So, yeah. So that's that's my series on miracles this week <laughs> <laughs> oh man what do you got riley
1: one that dovetailed nicely with one of your miracles this week is i had i saved a little chipmunk from choking on some netting that I got caught into it was in my neighbor's yard I was, uh, we're in a fenced in sort of backyard. Uh, I was taking the dog out. The dog just kept sniffing and sniffing, sniffing at this one area on the fence. I finally went and checked out what was happening. And this poor little chipmunk, there's just like some tomato netting to try and keep, uh, I think, rabbits away from it. And so the holes were big enough that a chipmunk could sort of fit in through. But you could tell every single time he was trying to get out, he's spinning it more and more around him. So he's just getting more and more tangled. It's right around his neck. So I went over. The pair of scissors. Didn't know my neighbors were home or anything like that, and just uh, tried to pick him up. But he wasn't having any of that. So I just uh, <laughs> I sort of got the scissors and tried to make sure, as much as possible, that I was going to actually free, like, get it all off of him, instead of uh, just sort of cutting him off enough that it, he was free from the net, but maybe he still had netting around him. And yeah. Joe, it was just like one of those TikToks where the animal loves you so much afterwards it it's inseparable. No, it wasn't anything like that. It just ran off up a drain pipe.
0: and I didn't even I was about see about him again. To say, what a turn of events. <laughs> what a turn of events. <laughs> and like, we're we best friends. Happen, yeah. right? We all wish for that to happen. Like, yes, I hope I was I was like, "Oh man, the bird's going to come and like land on my shoulder and, you know, <laughs> sing a song for me, you know, and the chipmunk's going to jump into your lap and say" <laughs> <laughs> So what actually happened? <laughs> it ran off a drain pipe, and I did—I didn't even
1: see him take off. He was so fast, but no, okay. it sounded like he was excited. He was grateful.
0: Trust, trust me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then the other thing this week, I will be very honest with our audience. Almost uh, for the past two weeks, I've completely fallen off the meditation bandwagon. I was up to twelve minutes a day because that was the bare minimum oh, we have wow. gone over.
0: You had- and you had started. Wow. Right. Well, and and listen, I'm just going to say like, this is not, you know, Riley and I have been working together, you know, what, like nine months now and 10 months now. And, and right. And I, I just happened to ask him the other a couple of weeks ago, Riley, have you ever meditated? He's like, nope. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. You know, like everybody's on their own path. Everybody does their own thing, you know?
1: So I was doing five minutes and I got up 12 minutes. Then we hit some real blocks at work and I've just been, it's almost exactly what you were saying before. I was letting something take up so much attention from me for these past two weeks that it's all I've been concentrating on, I've been putting in the longer days at work, and just everything else, brain health-wise, has fallen by the wayside. And then last night, it was just me at home, I was going to watch that stupid new The Continental TV show, That's sort of like an expansion of the John Wick thing, just to... Just to annoy my friends in a group chat and say, hey, I'm starting the John Wick uh, universe with the Continental. You guys think that's a good idea? I don't get a lot of respect from anybody in my life
0: (laughs) (laughs) because of things like that. Meaning, L'Oreal, you know, so, uh, okay, well, I mean, so option (laughs) A is to focus on, you know, a great entertaining show that is focused on death and killing and you know, all of that great stuff that exists within humanity. But then entertainment.
1: <laughs> here's what happened. Amazon prime wouldn't load it up for me. So I went onto my Plex server and I put on the latest season of eight out of 10 cats does countdown, which is just the, it's so my little miracle of the week is British panel shows. I love them. They're so silly. They exist only to make the other comedians laugh. It seems like, and so it's just joke after joke, after joke. It completely knocked me out of my the the zone of stress I was in of just concentrating so much on work. And like, even when I was talking to other people, I'd be thinking about these things in the background. I put on a 10 cats countdown and they just make stupid jokes about each other the entire time. And like I was getting belly laughs for the first time in two weeks. And it just That's and knocked so all those terrible thoughts out of my head. I was just it's something. It was just like washing my brain, scrubbing out all the all the badness and giving me a refresh and then. Letting me reset to the point of being like, oh yeah, I'm not always just that work person. I'm also a person who likes to have fun and likes to do this and have a girl dinner. Have you had a girl dinner where you just sort of munch on a bunch of different little things? Apparently, it's a TikTok trend.
0: My wife, my wife told me have a have a girl have a girl lunch. Oh man, it is like it is serious right now. Yeah, we're getting rained on. It is what it is. This is what happens, right? Like it rains. You know, this is this is this is like. Sometimes you have these things come through. I've never really experienced rain like this and sitting under an umbrella with a bright light facing me <laughs> and seeing all the time. It looks like it's snowing. It's really incredible. I can't really hear you. I don't know if you can hear me. We can hear uh, you, Joe. Oh, okay. Yeah. you can hear me, I think, I think. all right, I can hear you. We, we can continue. Let's, why not continue? <laughs> I can't do anything anyway. So let's just keep rolling, Riley. All right. Are you... <laughs> I have no choice.
1: It seems mean, the doubt,
0: I, but Do you want to talk about the three bits of mindfulness? The only thing I can do is I can cover my laptop with a, with a handkerchief. Cause that's all I have and hope that this cloud just, you know, thank you grandma for my handkerchief. I'm going to cover my laptop here and, you know, give it some dryness. Thank you, Apple for making a robust product. And, uh, <laughs> We're gonna keep ourselves moving here on the big search of happiness for happiness. While my while my butt is completely soaked with the raindrops from the chair, who cares? It's just water. <laughs> you know, if you think of it as destructive, it'll be destructive. Why not? Oh man! All right, let's rock. Let's pick up the pace, Riley. What do we got? <laughs>
1: All right, let's go today. Three myths of mindfulness. Mindfulness is hugely popular today. Unless you've been living on the moon, you'll have to come, You've come across it. One philosopher has argued that certain unchecked types of mindfulness are deeply flawed. Here we look at three reasons why you might want to be mindful of mindfulness. You've been invited to dinner at a friend's house when they prepared a lovely beef uh, burgundy. Uh, uh, what was it? Boy, bird, beef, bird, uh, Something or other. You all sit down at your place, lay out your portions, and get to work. Halfway through dinner, you suddenly know something odd has happened to the person sitting across from you. She's completely stopped talking. What's more, she's staring at you with dead eyes of a Halloween mannequin. Are you all right? You ask a touch nervously. She starts sharply as if you've broken her reverie. Oh, sorry. She says, I'm trying mindful eating. I'm focusing on every bite. Unless you've been living on the moon for the last 10 years, you've probably heard of mindfulness. Schools and companies worldwide have been riding high on the mindfulness wave. Mindfulness apps get millions of downloads and mindfulness coaches are paid millions of dollars. People swear by its efficacy. The problem is that mindfulness is building construction on shaky foundations, according to, and this is the best name I've heard in a while, Odysseus Stone. Now that is a name for a child. Uh, (laughs) That's
0: a very intentional name. That is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) University of Copenhagen. Mindfulness makes three big philosophical errors. And I think what he's bringing up is there are potential pitfalls. I don't think necessarily they are flaws, mindfulness completely. And he says, the first one is not all thoughts are equal. If you've ever experienced some guided mindfulness, you're likely heard something like this. Imagine your thoughts are like cars and you're watching them pass. Here comes the thought. There goes the thought. Don't pause for too long on any thought. Let them come, notice them, and let them go. Mindfulness is all about not attaching too closely to any one thought. It's about acknowledging thoughts, but not indulging them. But is it right? Sometimes the strategy is undoubtedly good. Losing sleep over a presentation you have in the morning or obsessing over a dentist appointment is silly. But other times, our thoughts are not things to take lightly. As Stone writes, take, for example, feelings of anger that we might have that, uh, about policy decisions of the Danish government. Is it beneficial to view such emotions as if they are passing clouds in the sky with little importance or relation to reality? In other words, sometimes our thoughts and feelings are vitally important. They help us navigate the world. They tell us the best way to behave. And after all, only a fool it's a foolhardy person who isn't a little bit scared of venomous snakes. So, Joe...
0: So the first myth is basically not all thoughts are what not all thoughts are equal. It, it, <laughs> it depends on what you believe. Cuz what you accept as your truth is your own conscious awareness. And so like, you know, the reality is every thought we we like to think and I'll be the first to admit that this is what I used to think. I used to think that every thought is just racing in and I can't control this and this is something that is very much coming my way for no no reason other than like this is life and it's terrible right and so um now
1: that's a quote we gotta get on a hoodie for merch this is life and And it's terrible
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know like if, but because that's what we all like that's what we're grown up to believe you can't do anything about it they are what they are you know deal with it right but at the end of the day If you really dig down into how those thoughts came into your own awareness in the first place, you were the one that gave the energy from your attention to focus on that thing that ultimately gave it to, allowed it to be something that came into you that you were constituting as negative, you were constituting as intrusive, you were constituting as, why is this keep coming? Well, the reality is everything has a cause, and that cause is always you. But it's so hard for us to accept that. But that's the reality and that's the law of life. And so when you look back and you reflect on these things, as you gave in that example, like why did the dentist appointment like your react that that in in that example, the reaction was anger. So you gave it all that charged energy of I don't want this to happen. And so what did that do? You gave it that charged energy of anger. And so what did that, because you charged it so strongly with that anger, it kept giving back to you all these thoughts because that's what you charged it with. That's what you charged it with. And then if you're gonna get angry about, you know, whatever's happening in society, in the world, then you gave that your attention. Can you actually do something about that in that moment? Probably not. Is that something that has reason for people to pay attention to, to solve for at some point? Probably. Absolutely. Right. For the goodness of the people and the goodness of the world. Absolutely. But the reality is, is you can't do anything about that right now. And but you're allowing that through your attention to come into your life and to take over your moments and to allow it to be something that that like you blame on something else because there's nothing else to do. And that's our first reaction, because that's how our society teaches us how to operate with it. Right. But when you start to take ownership for these things, you start to say that, You start to feel that you have the ability to control these things, even if in the beginning it doesn't feel that way because you might try something and you might not experience a difference. It still is within your ability to do that because nothing is impossible. Only what you define as impossible is impossible. And so these are big things. like controlling your thoughts is a big thing. And so, but you don't don't get to a point, if you accept what this says, as a myth, like they every thought is different. Well, like, yes, every thought is th- not all thoughts are equal, but they're all the causes of your thoughts and the energy that's charged with them and the frequency they come in and the and the or, or the at the heaviness with which they come in or at the lightness with which they come in is all driven by what you accept as truth in your own world. As the rain floods around Holy me, moly. and it is flowing, I don't even know what's happening here. It's like, I don't, I, I mean, you know, it's like snowing rain underneath this umbrella while my, while this thing is soaking my back and my, and my bottom, and, you know, but we're, we're making it work here on the big search for, for happiness. Hopefully this is a cloud that goes away soon and, you know, we're able to stay dry.
1: That's a lot of sustained rain. Like normally, I don't think I a game, lot. we don't have rain that comes down that hard that would go through yeah, this sustained is- Joe monologue. Yeah, this is tropical,
0: tropical <laughs> circumstances here. This is this is what's happening right now as I'm trying to dry dry my keyboard. So I think the other big flaw in this
1: not all thoughts are equal thing is what, what he references is a very, very beginner's entry level. The first step in the pool of mindfulness, it's to get yourself to back up for a second, not to be reactive to every thought to come in, but to realize that every thought is something that you can sort of Send in its own direction with the sort of energy that you want. You don't have to immediately react to it out of a base instinct. And it's kind of like looking at a kid with water wings, learning to swim for the first time and being like, oh, that's never going to win the Olympics. Of course not. That's not what it's there for. It's the first step into getting to the point like, oh, he's never going to beat Michael Phelps with those things on. Like, no, that's not the purpose of it. It's to get you to start thinking in this mindset. It's the first step in a journey. It's not the end goal is to have every thought be like a cloud passing by. That's the first step in a new sort of mindset. Truth.
0: I mean, again, what you accept as your truth becomes your reality within your own conscious awareness. But the first step is is trying to have the awareness that, yes, you can't observe anything unless you're conscious. And so you are the origin of everything. And so the sooner you can understand that and then take, take ownership, take responsibility. Like, and stop giving, giving that blame, because as soon as you give blame to something, it's like, you're like, you feel like, oh, it's somebody else's problem. But what happens? That still becomes your problem because that, those things still keep coming into your world and into your consciousness. So like, you know, you can go round and round on that circle and that wheel forever. The only way you stop the wheel and then create your own wheel is when you when you take ownership of it and you don't allow that to be something. And that's the challenge that's so hard for so many of us and all of us and within humanity. It's like a natural condition. But once you start, once you say, once you believe that and you feel that your life is powered from the energy of your heart that is giving you life. Like it takes the entire world and flips it upside down and refocuses it from something in which everything is without in from within your from within out. And I mean, look at what Joe is doing right now. He's taking the
1: current circumstances, not saying let's cancel the episode. He's saying, let's make this the best episode we've done yet. The
0: only thing that's kind of dry is my shorts, my top of my shorts. The bottom of my shorts is soaked. My back is soaked. Then, you know, yeah, don't stand up or we'll get banned on YouTube. Up. yeah yeah let's yeah let's go on to myth two before we draft everything is flooded around me everything is flooded i'm in four and three inches of water over here oh my god oh
1: man this is nuts all right your attention is not only yours the second key element to mindfulness is that you need to take control of your attention it's built on this idea that we have supreme power over how and what we focus on our minds are like a spotlight and we we are the spotlight operators we choose to focus on our anxieties we choose to dwell on the negative the problem though is that this is a vastly oversimplified view of the psychology of attention. Attention is often beyond our control. It might be that some wise and shallow monk can ignore everything in the world thrills at him, but the vast majority of people cannot. Attention is a social problem. Consider your smartphones, for instance. Yes, you can choose not to buy a smartphone, but a world without smartphones is a world with different implications regarding our collective attention. The 1990s had a different attention economy. As Stone puts it, according to some philosophers and cognitive scientists, our attention is highly dependent on our embodiment and is embedded in a material and social context.
0: So, I'm not no monk. And here I am saying, every, I mean, a lot of what I just said said that you could control your thoughts, right? But the reality is, is that when you, when you, when you immediately say you can't, you won't, you never will. And the, and the reality is, too, is when you're focusing on anxieties, you're focusing on the effect. That's what you're doing. You're focusing on the effect of something that you were actually the cause of. And because you place that blame, upon something that's outside of yourself, you have no control over it. But when you, you know, not even say to blame yourself, but to take ownership of it, what does that do? That gives you control. That gives you control. And it does. And this seems like, you know, people that are hearing this are like, wow, that seems kind of straightforward, but it is. It's that simple. It's literally that simple. But what's what the challenging element it is is to understand that the results that, you ex- that we all expect within society today need to happen tomorrow or right away, you know? But when you, when you don't give it a timetable of when you actually are going to have the full realization of what you expect, which is you controlling your thoughts and you not allowing these things to bother you and you not reacting in ways in which, in which it's not serving you, how you react to things, conditions, people, circumstances is your karma. And in vice versa, like how people treat you is their karma. So like, but if you're that person, they're reacting to you. So so that in and of itself constitutes the fact that you are in control of your own karma and what comes back to you. And but the problem is, is that when we focus on anxieties and we focus on all of these conditions that we feel that we can't control, those are the effects they're not the cause cause causes you and the cause is something that you gave energy to in the beginning that then becomes something that comes back to you only when you understand it in that way and only when you continue to reflect on things to help you come to a place in which you understand that more consistently. And when you understand that more consistently, you start to follow the dots and see things and you're like, wow, I really did give that thing so much energy and so much negative energy or so much positive energy. And look at how that came back to me. But when you put blame on something else, or you putting blame is giving power to something else, then that has all the power and you have no control. And then you're helpless. You're helpless. And and but that's the easy thing to do. The challenge the, and it's not even hard to oh take ownership. It is hard in the beginning because it's not a thing that if it's not a thing that you're used to doing, it's a complete shift of your own of your own application of your of your accepted truths in your life. But when you flip it, you start gaining you it you naturally you naturally have all the control and all the power coming back to you. Whereas you used to blame other things that used to make you feel good. But now but that would always have them resurface because you gave that power to something else. Now you're taking ownership. You have control now and you can't give it that energy and then it can't come back to you. And then over time, over time, it gets better and better and better. And then you're in a place in which you have the, you gain momentum, you gain momentum. And because you gain momentum, you're in that place in which you have that. And then as I expressed in the beginning of the show, sometimes you fall back in, but then if you have the awareness to be able to say, whoa, what's going on? This isn't me you know, you can correct that and you can come to a place in which you're in a better position that is then serving you in your life and you're using the experiences instead of you allowing the experiences to use you. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the rain has slowed down. How grateful am I for that? <laughs> <laughs> Anything else to add on to that, Riley, before we dive into our third myth?
1: My own big takeaway from this is that, like again, Mindfulness is another way to look at it. Is you are training your focus muscle, your ability to put that spotlight on things. And yeah, if you come into it completely untrained, that muscle's you know atrophied. It's not, it hasn't really ever been used before. And then you get something that's going to use up all your time, like a smartphone or you know social media or you know, any of these devices that are designed to absorb all your attention sort of
0: natively. Then, yeah, that's what network, it, commerce does. Commerce is focused on gabbing your attention. I think you said that in a previous episode, mm-hmm. right? Like that's like their design is to is to create things that grab your attention, because that's that's where all the energy in the world is is in our attention. And if you in start developing
1: attention. that focus muscle, you're never they lose profits from that, so they they have no interest in, in having you develop that. Yeah, it's just a matter of looking at your attention, looking at your focus as a muscle that you need to train up, and mindfulness
0: is that training. Well, and the reality too is, is that we, as if you've listened to some of our, you know, some of our first original Be Insanely Great episodes, we talked a lot about the limitations of words and the fact that, you know, a word is a limitation in a sense in which if you have a constructed definition within your own awareness of what that is, you always classify it as that. You don't dig deeper to try and really understand what it is. And it's not a fault of anybody else's. Like words are useful. Like we communicate with words. Like that's how we operate. But we've forgotten how to feel. Because the feeling of things has so much more meaning and so much more depth and so much more breadth than what a simple word is. And so mindfulness is what it means for you. Someone might be listening to this and say, you know, these elements of mindfulness are so limited to to the focus of a narrow definition of what this one writer within their own awareness has decided to write about and, and convey to people, right? And that's totally fine because that's the path that they took. And this is how they've defined it. And this is how they've tried to come to a place of understanding it you know, but you have the power to define what you believe in your life and you accept as your truth within your own element of life and your own consciousness. And because everything is consciousness and which, and and you are individualized energy, which is the energy that's eating your heart, that's powering your life, that is allowing you to observe and then accept certain truths into your life that then become what it is that you experience in a moment by moment basis in the present moment, because all that exists is in the present moment. As we bring things back and bring things forward as
1: joe you've tripped over the third myth of mindfulness it is impossible to seize the day the third dubious piece of mindfulness wisdom is the idea that we should live in the moment and seize the day focus on the now and spend as little time as is practically possible on the past or the future the problem though is the idea of now doesn't actually exist in how we experience the world as the French philosopher Henry Bergson knew, we do not experience time like some calendar of clock. We do not live in the current hour. Instead, we live according to duration. Time is constantly moving forward and it makes no sense to talk about it now without reference to both a before and the after. Human psychology depends on the wealth of experience, memory, and learned behaviors from the past. All of our actions and thoughts are framed by concern for the future. In Stone's words, if our experiences and actions are to be coherent and to make sense and make sense of us they will have to refer to our past and
0: future in one way or the other i mean listen everybody everybody's on their own path everybody makes their own choices everybody's in their own world and so for this writer this is this these are the elements of truth that he's accept they've accepted into their life that have that define their view of the world right everybody has their own view of the world everybody's in their own world <laughs> and so you know, like, and, and these are accepted truths that, you know, I'll admit I was I was in that same exact construct of accepted truths at a, t- at a prior set of moments in my life. Absolutely. And I'm so grateful to have come to the place because the past is, 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 is a binding limitation and the future is a binding limitation. A future is something that may never or, or may never happen or may happen, but you can't con- all you can do is control that now in the choices that you make now and the past is something that happened and there are elements that you can learn from, but to constantly be referencing the past and the future without actually being in the now, you're not utilizing the power that exists within your conscious awareness that that constitute the law of life within, that's defined by quantum physics. Like everything happens now. The only thing that's happening is now. In my miracle story, is there something that happened in the past that came into the present moment that made it all happen beautifully in one moment? Absolutely. But the reality is, is like, I'm not thinking about it as a past or a future of a construct of time. Are there elements of time that are helpful? Absolutely. Meetings and, you know, having gatherings and all of that. Sure. Deadlines for things to be able to hit, you know, accomplish certain goals. Absolutely. But the reality is, is you make it what you believe it is. And so the more you allow time, to control your life which time is only a is only a creation of humanity that is a constraint and a limitation that takes over most of our awareness that gives us most of the stress because we always need to be someplace we always are running someplace we always are trying to do something within a certain amount of time because we feel that we need to force it we need to force it and when you're working on the construct of time as that's driving your life you are forcing you are undoubtedly forcing almost everything into your life instead of life and then allowing those experiences to use you instead of you using them and realizing that everything happens for a purpose and you'll never able to get into the flow of life in which you have things happen that, or, or you have experiences that you would have never had that all of a sudden put things into place in which you're now in a new path to which you would, you would have never gotten into if you weren't open and you weren't flowing within life and you were having time be the only thing that define what you do. So what you believe is what it is. So if you believe you can't exist without functioning solely off of a past and a future, then that's fine. You know, that's your, that's your accepted truth. But the reality is you can't do anything about the past and you really can't predict the future except for the actions that you make in the present moment and what you accept as your truth now. Because only now is when you can make an effect and have an impact upon what may be and what may materialize in the future. Do you want to have desires? Absolutely. Do you want to feel them and experience them as they already happen so that way you attract them to you? Absolutely. But for you to harbor on them as to when are they happening? When are they happening? Why haven't they happened yet? It's never going to come because what are you doing? You're accepting the truth now as to you're always thinking about when is it coming instead of it actually being here. So bottom line is, with all due respect, I don't know about these myths. (laughs) i don't know if the word myth you know and it depends on everybody everybody has their own you know again like this is a great example of the fact that everybody has their own view of the world and but the reality but i'll i'll be the first to admit like this in my present moment right now this is how my my expressions are how i genuinely convey and understand and appreciate and live in my life in the world in my own world but what These are defined as myths or absolutely, absolutely something I accepted just just a year ago, just a year ago, right? And so I just feel, and I'm so grateful for that because that shows that the choices that I made in the present moments a year ago allowed me to come to a place in which I don't allow these limitations to be something that bind me. I don't allow these limitations to be something, these constraints of time to be something that drive my life. Do I get sucked back into it every once in a while? Sure, because I give it so much attention and so much energy. But then once I reflect on that and I say, no, you don't have, you have no power. Get away from me. Like, and, and then focus on the energy of my heart and, and realize that that's what's powering my life. And that's like if the energy that be, that's being your heart built your entire body, has constructed your entire life, instructed everything in your world. So, why wouldn't that be something that you could latch onto and anchor to and then believe in? And then and then have that be something that, you, that, that you're focusing on from within that then creates your without of what you observe. Because when you put so much on the appearances of the world, then you allow the world to use you instead of you taking authority and then being the authority just by natural occurrence of taking ownership of your life and your choices and your thoughts and your feelings. It's amazing. A journey, but amazing. we'll see what Odysseus has to say when he's on the podcast hey listen welcome Odysseus you know again everybody's everybody's on their own path I was the first like that was my thing like that's like I would totally agree with you a year ago you know but now you know there there is there is a different way to live for sure and it's so much more freeing and so much more joyful it's so much more happy (laughs) it's amazing you know I would have never believed this is a way that you could live, you know, like never, but to have gone through it and and tried to understand deeply and deeply, and then applying having the having the confidence just like and the and the like i'm gonna keep doing this, I'm gonna keep doing this, I know this is the better way, I feel there is a better way i i I feel it in my heart that this isn't the way we should be living. It should be much more free, you know, like how do I experience the joy that we all we all seek to experience all the time? more frequently and more frequently and more frequently when you remove the limitations and then you start to do that. And it's such an, it's such an amazing thing that you have to experience in order to understand and in order to appreciate and in order to actually develop to ensure it happens within your own life. Joe, I don't know where we go from there. We bust those myths. I think, I think, you know, we bust them. We bust the myth myth. (laughs) You know, it's like you 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 write myths to bust truths. And what do we do? We bust the myths to write them as (laughs) truths. In a rainstorm. Wow. In a rainstorm no less. I didn't, you know, I mean look, we made the best of it, right? You know, we're still here. We're re-recorded. Now it's, you know, 130% humidity and uh, I'm like completely soaked. But you know what? We survived. We made it. And we are thriving now, entering the, the remainder of the day with joy and peace and happiness. Why not? Why not? You have the power. Qualify your, qualify your moments with happiness and with peace. And, you know, you get what you give. So remember that. It's that simple. Literally. <laughs> oh man so what let's it let's 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 close it out right yeah, i think so yeah oh man i'll be happy to get dry <laughs> well thank you everyone for joining on this incredible journey that we had today as we as we you know as on my end i i journeyed through the elements to you know help uh provide an alternative perspective to some elements of mindfulness And, um, you know, thanks again, Riley, for being the anchor that, uh, helps keep us in the, in the right light.
1: Well, I think I know my little miracle for next week is that you didn't get electrocuted recording this week
0: and no equipment was (laughs) damaged and we (laughs) continued to record and we didn't have to relocate and, you know, all of that good stuff. Right. So, you know, we wouldn't have had that great of a time either. I think it was, it added a different dynamic that we never experienced in all the episodes we've recorded. So bam. (laughs) Thanks for joining everyone. Have an amazing week. See you next time.